Hi, this is Tim Trainer, opinion page editor of the East Oregonian. Uh, welcome back to our EO Audio podcast. We're sitting back with another War II candidate. Uh, this time it's Scott Fairley. He's uh, going up against Rex Morehouse and Bob Amon for that War II seat that was held by Chuck Wood. Uh, Chuck has decided not to run again for re-election, so it's a wide-open seat. Um, and listen in to Scott here, and we'll be back with the other candidates uh, in the next couple days. Thanks for listening. Here's Scott. Uh, tell folks who don't know you a little bit about your background and who you are. Okay. Um, so I grew up in Pendleton. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember as a kid when you could go down and buy men's clothing on Main Street. Mm-hmm. You'd keep them in the back of the club cigar playing poker and smoking. Those were mm-hmm. the old days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, graduated from high school here. Mm-hmm. After high school for about um, 15 years, I went to college. Traveled around a bit, um, worked around the Pacific Northwest, including a three-year stint here in Pendleton where my friend Patrick Kemp and I had a living heritage tours, a tour business focusing on tours of Eastern Oregon. It's probably um, it's not on the top of most people's minds now, but we did help bring the Queen of the West cruise ship into, into town back in, I think that was in the 90s. Um, then about 10 years ago, I got a job working as the Eastern Oregon coordinator for the governor's office. So I work now on uh, with, with local governments and businesses and state agencies primarily on economic and community development projects around Eastern Oregon. So I have 10 counties I'm covering right now. Um, my wife and I moved back here in 2002 when I got the job for the governor's office. I could live any place in, in Eastern Oregon that I wanted to, uh, but my wife and I wanted to come back to Pendleton because we like the community, we like the people, we wanted to raise our son here. Um, and so I've decided to run for city council. Oh, I forgot one thing, too. Mm-hmm. And that is community experience. So yeah. when we moved back here, um, my son was wanted to play soccer. They didn't have enough coaches, so I ended up coaching soccer for a couple of years, mm-hmm. which I was f- thankful they had the Internet then because I was <laughs> not that much of a soccer. Person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, I uh, have been on the planning commission, I think, for eight or nine years. I'm currently the chair of the planning commission, and I'm also on the airport commission. Okay. So I think I have a... F- kind of pretty good understanding of kind of what's going on in the community, what the community's interest and needs and opportunities are. So I decided to run for city council because I thought with my kind of combination of community experience and my professional work, working on economic and community development projects across East Oregon, mm-hmm. I had probably some unique skills and insights that I could bring to uh, to the betterment of the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it sounds like, you I mean, you've kind of got the angle from two different perspectives, what, from the the committees that are, you know, kind of even below local level and then from a statewide level kind of thing. Is that kind of how you see your specialty, kind of well, you know, small think, and, and large? I think of, that's right. I mean, yeah. having been involved with kind of on city commissions, and you see it at the very local level, you're mm-hmm. exactly right, the kind of micro level. Uh, but then, you know, working in my job for the state, I am on the other side of that, you know, working with elected officials and, mm-hmm. you know, their, their stakeholders. So yeah, and it's a, it's a different, wholly different side of the equation. So I think it is a unique perspective mm-hmm. to be able to bring to city council. Yeah, what do you think council is going to have to deal with this this next term? What are, are going to be the big issues? Well, you know, my my kind of general things that um, I see as big needs is, is first 
There's the whole issue of uh, you know communication between the city and the council and the community, mm -hmm. and um, probably uh, building some more trust between the community and elected and uh, working people at the city. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that um, the community would benefit greatly from improving. Mm -hmm. I think we, um, from an economic development perspective, I think we need to focus on uh, being able to uh, being able to be sure we have the right developable land for uh, industrial development, for commercial development, and for residential development. And we need to make sure that all those um, sites are served by infrastructure, that we've got sites that are affordable to develop, and that we have landowners that are willing to have their property be developed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we really need to, and there's that piece, and then there's the whole community amenities piece that will help attract uh, people and businesses to our community, things like parks and, you know, a nice downtown and all the things that you like when you go to another city. You know, this Pendleton is not unique uh, across at least eastern Oregon and probably most of rural Oregon. That we have this real kind of workforce shortage issue. So we have opportunities now for businesses in our community to expand, and they're having a hard time getting a workforce. Uh, and, and so... It's doubly hard if we want to attract new business to the community. So I think, you know, one of the things we have to focus on is how can we attract the workforce for the jobs that we have and the jobs that we hope to have in the future. And I think one of the ways you get that is by investing in community amenities. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I think we really need to focus on is just the, the infrastructure, sustainably maintained infrastructure we have. Um, you know, the big issue around roads, city streets for the last couple of years. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, that's a challenge, I think, for... Other forms of infrastructure, we have dedicated funding streams, which makes it easier. You know, the state comes in and says you have to upgrade your wastewater treatment plant, you have to upgrade your water system. We don't have that same kind of mechanism on the street system. So Pendleton and all other cities, frankly, are forced to get by with whatever they get from the state passed through, which is frankly not near what the cost of maintaining current infrastructure is. Mm -hmm. uh, and they have to subsidize street maintenance out of the general fund, which, of course, means you're competing against libraries and swimming pools and parks and all the other stuff people want. So, you know, it's a real challenge. And I think um, the only way that you can really get ahead of the street issue, as people said they want, is you need to identify some kind of new revenue stream um, to fix that. And um, I know that they, that they had the discussion on the gas tax in the past that was not well received in the community. You know, personally, I think that is a... It's a fair, good way to go for the community because it's a user-based fee. So people that are using the roads are paying for them. But the biggest advantage, of course, is that 40% of the revenue comes from people from outside of our community. So it's a huge subsidy. Um, and I know that hasn't been popularly received in the community, so I think that goes back to my earlier point. If you really need to have uh, that communication between the community and elected officials and you know, city staff, so that as people are weighing in on whether they want to pay more money for roads, they, have, they can say, here's the benefits and here's what happens if we don't make that investment. And then I think, you know, more importantly, if we are trying to grow and attract new investment in the community, you know, the reality is people won't come to communities that aren't willing to invest in themselves. And the community has done a good job on school bonds and, you know, hospitals and, and uh, community college. But, um, you know, the roads are a big issue that we need to figure out how to address. Yeah. As for the communications issue, would that be a full-time position? I mean, I know that council has talked about that, a full-time communication uh, manager, PIO kind of thing. Or yeah, so, you know, I think um, that's interesting. I, I'm i generally inclined to say that would be advantageous mm -hmm. to the community. But, you know, I, I know there's also things you could do more cheaply, like, you know, web-based community surveys. And there are people that are doing that now and are getting good results. You know, you kind of put out a host of issues, and you can, the community can weigh in and help prioritize what's the most important and 
you know, what are they willing to pay for it? Um, you know, I think we have we have um, city staff that I think is doing a, a great job at their work, um, and they're busy. And I think really for the communications piece, that would be helpful for staff and the community if we did have a resource that we could use to kind of help package what's going on at the city and, um, and communicate with people, you know, on the, in social media and town meetings and provide yet another avenue for um, the community to give information back to elected officials and to city, city staff. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I, we've had you know a lot of people at this time come run for city council. We've had, I think we're at the, what are we at now? Well, yeah. So officially yeah. on the ballot, we got fourteen, 14 yeah. mm-hmm. twelve, and then, and then about twelve yeah. who are actually now still truly running. Truly yeah. Running. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like you know the the through line through all of them was that this is a is a sort of a fork in the road for the council. We're gonna have some new faces. We have a new mayor for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. That there is the ability to you know. I don't know, chart a new course kind of thing. Do you think that is what Pendleton needs or are we on the right path or is there, a, you know, a real change that has to be made in how, how the city government runs? Well, you know, I think that in general, Pendleton's doing a lot of things right now. I mean, um, we have one of the more livable communities in Eastern Oregon. You know, I think we have, uh, you know, a pretty substantial workforce, although there a lot of them are having to commute here from elsewhere, mm-hmm. which is a problem. It's mm-hmm. a vulnerability for employers. Um, we got the, all the stuff going on at the airport with the unmanned aerial systems. So there's a lot of things that communities doing well. They are making investments in infrastructure, industrial land. You know, they're looking at housing now. Um, so I think I decided to run. I've wanted to run for city council for a, a couple of years now, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't worked out for me for mm-hmm. my um, professional and personal commitments. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it does work out, and you know, I think I have some unique skills to bring the council. I don't know. That, um, you know, the council, I wouldn't say, I think the council has done a fairly good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I could contribute as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned the housing and the jobs things. Like, mm-hmm. that's, uh, a few people said that's like a chicken and the egg thing. Right. Like, you need, you need the housing to have the right. jobs. You need the jobs need the, right. to, to require the housing. How does, how does city council uh, stimulate on. either of those? <laughs> or, like, what, what, what do you prioritize? Yeah, so the housing thing is a really interesting conundrum that, all, again, a lot of communities are facing. It's not just Pendleton. Yeah. And, you know, the issue is there's, there's funding out there for low-income housing. And there's also, um, you know, the guys who are building custom homes are as busy as they want to be. So the, the gap is that middle piece, you know, the 15 to $20 an hour jobs that a big chunk of the community is earning. Uh, so I think, and, and further, um, as I said, the, the fact that we don't have people live in our community, I mean, we're losing out on people are paying taxes in the community, helping support infrastructure, they're not supporting local businesses. Um, it's a vulnerability for employers because if people can find a job closer to their home that pays about the same, they're probably going to take it because they can save money on commuting. Um, and uh, current businesses are having a hard time expanding, and new businesses are having a hard time you know, locating here because there's no workforce. So we got to address the workforce issue. Um, and the way I think housing is a key piece of that equation. Now, how the city can help with that, um, I think we need to take a good look at our residential uh, uh, land supply, and, you know, I know we have, we have a large inventory, but what we need to look at is how developable is it? How affordable is it to develop? Pendleton has a lot of challenges with, you know, steep hills and basalt and things that drive up the cost of building here more than other parts of, uh, of, the, of the region of the state. Um, but so we need to make sure that we've got land that is ready for development. It's got sewer water roads um, and it's affordable to develop and has willing landowners. I think then the next phase of that is, you know, is any other incentive required? 
the project that the city did uh, at the cemetery, the Pendleton Heights project, I think is actually a, is kind of a, a unique uh, example of how communities can partner with the private sector to um, address these community needs. So, so the challenge in Pendleton and other rural places is you're competing for capital and you're competing for builders in places like Bend and Tri-Cities and Portland where you know they can going to build more expensive units and they're going to rent them or sell them for more and it's going to be more profitable. That's just the bottom line. So if you want to track that kind of workforce scale housing to Pendleton, you have to find a way that developers can come in and still make money. Uh, and so, again, the, the project they did at Pendleton Heights where the city, you know, helped them with some land and helped kind of front load some infrastructure for the project. Uh, now the project is full. They're going into phase two. You know, it's probably got a waiting list, I think. So it, it, so it works. And, uh, yes, there's a cost to the city, but there's a huge benefit to the community for being able to have those additional people in the community and, uh, you know, be able to attract the kind of people that want to live in, you know, decent, nice housing. Um, being on the airport board, I think that's one of those one of the, the places in town that sort of there is a, a disagreement that a large segment of the city sees that as a weight around the city's neck, and mm -hmm. others see that as a, as a huge asset that the city you know has to market and has to uh, you know uh, capitalize on. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what is is the is the truth somewhere in between there, or is are there good and bad things? How how, how does the airport factor in the city's future? Well, you know, it, it, um, so when you look at economic development, you have to make a you have to look at what makes you unique, you know, what will help you attract business. And honestly, the airport is a rare commodity uh, in all of Eastern Oregon. So, yeah, it needs some work, <laughs> and it's a little rusty, but I think the potential there is huge. Mm -hmm. And particularly with the unmanned aerial systems, you know, Steve has been working on some efforts to attract users to the test range, and that's beginning to bear uh, some come to fruition. And I think you'll we'll find that as people are coming in to use the test range and staying in town and eating in town and hopefully liking the community and wanting to settle down and make some investments here, that's kind of similar to the way the Central Oregon did it. So I think you know I think that the airport is getting closer to being self-sustainable. We're going through the airport master planning process now that will help us kind of figure out the kind of uh, uh, investments that we need to make to make the airport be self-sustaining. So I think it's an asset that we should continue to focus on. Yeah. And some of the, I mean, you mentioned some of the livability things, the parks, the, mm -hmm. uh, we're doing the bridge down here, we're, we've talked about, uh, we're doing mountain biking, you know, that sort mm -hmm. of like, where, where how, how does the city, I guess, uh, use its, 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 you know, beauty around it, its, its uh, rivers, its mountains nearby, like how does, I think that seems to be a thing that, that Penland folks think the city can do a better job of, uh, of, uh, I don't know, of, of, just promoting, maybe, or, or allowing uh, folks to, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I guess, I guess one thing that came up, and I can't remember, another interview, just the whole topic of, let, let's say, just the, the airport land and that uh -huh. being developed for um, the Adventure Trails. Right. Mountain biking. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, yeah. yeah. I yeah. guess, what's your perspective on, okay, yeah. what, what, what is the city's role in that? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, of the yeah, softer what, sort what, of. Yeah. yeah, what do you think, how, how involved should the city be in something like that? And how, like, yeah, how much... How much money, time, yeah. and yeah, like a little lot, or you know, <laughs> just well, I mean, I think there's like also that. people that said we have too many yeah. parks. We need yeah. fewer right. parks. We need, you right. know, we, we've got too many right. uh, things that are not necessary. Yeah. Our roads aren't done. We need to do, you know, right. we need to stop all that, all yeah. the mountain bikes. Right. We need right. to, fit, you know, and I think that's a strange thing of, of, yeah, yeah we have infrastructure, but we have, right. we have, yeah. we have basic problems yeah. to be fixed, but we also to attract more people, we need to have things that people like to do, you know. 
Yeah, so I think, you know, the, the mountain bike course, my recollection is I don't think there's any cost to city on that, but yeah, just letting people city, use the lane. So that seems like a slam dunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the visibility of that, I think, will be fabulous mm-hmm. for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to kind of maybe step yeah. back from your question a little bit, um, you know, when you're looking at prioritizing city resources, budgeting, you know, I think generally you have to look at kind of strategically what are we going to invest in that's going to help our community grow and attract people and businesses. And uh, so and so, to the extent that you prioritize those community amenities mm-hmm. on that list of things you're going to do to attract workforce, which is needed, mm-hmm. um, then I think that helps you figure out what role does the city have. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a we have a great levy system. Um, you know, we got great parks right now. Uh, there's there's always opportunity to improve these things and to add additional assets, but it, it all depends on where does it sit in the overall um, mm-hmm. list of opportunities. So, you know, personally, I think my first focus would be on making sure we have adequate lands for residential, commercial, industrial growth and infrastructure to serve those lands. And then I think after we get that piece done, then we can start to look at some more of the additional community amenities and see how they fit into the equation. Yeah. Um, and and I, think, I think, though, that from – we just had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with businesses from around Eastern Oregon. And um, this is very interesting to me. In the past, they've always said, oh, you know, we've got to have land, we've got to have incentives, we've got to get rid of regulations. What they said this time was, you know, we, we need to invest in community amenities because the problem that we're having is people will come to our a community, pick one, could be Pendleton or any place, and uh, somebody will have a job, but, you know, their spouse won't like it. There's not the kind of things that make it fun. You know, the schools aren't good. There's nothing fun to do. There's no good places to eat. And Pendleton's got all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a real opportunity to build on that and kind of attract that kind of creative, skilled workforce that we need to kind of grow economic opportunities. Yeah. And maybe that's you know leads into this. What are Pendleton's assets? What do you see as as the things we can market ourselves with? Um, so, so first of all, um, I will be the first to admit there are some challenges here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mostly due to topography, yeah. right, and the fact that the, our community sits down in the valley and we're surrounded by expensive land to develop. So, but I think that what the, the assets we we do have though, um, we Pendleton has a great brand recognizable all across the country, mm-hmm. so that's a sales point. Um, we've got, um, we do have some nice amenities like the River Parkway. We have a good park system now, mm-hmm. um, we've, and we've been investing in those things, so I think that's good. Um, we've got a, a very nice downtown with, you know, lots of places to eat and relax yeah. and, you know, the farmer's market. Uh, we've got city staff, I think, do a really good job of working with people that want to come in and uh, do business in the community. Mm-hmm. Um and I think with, with we've got the UAS um, opportunities. So, you know, I think between the between uh, our opportunities are we, we have some uh, good land that needs a little investment, a lot of it. Uh, but we do have the UAS. We've got marketability. We've got kind of addition opportunities to bring people to our community, that kind of tourism piece, which you can't build an economy on, but it certainly helps support uh, an economy. Is this your first run for political office? It is, yeah. Okay. I've always been on the other the side. side yeah. I've always been appointed or working yeah. with elected no officials. Council? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's got to be a different thing from you know working for someone to yeah. being the guy. You know. yeah. Well, I think yeah. that you know the other thing this, that the community really has going for it. Going back to that question, is yeah. there's a, there's this community. I think more than many has uh, 
as a community really is invested in the community and interested in the community. And I think by and large, people do want to see the community grow and prosper and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and improve and attract development. So, so what I've seen in my experience working around Eastern Oregon is as long as you have that core, you can maintain that core, then you're in fairly good shape. It's when you start to lose that, when people are no longer interested and no longer want to participate, that's when your community's in trouble. Yeah. And sometimes that can come across as, like you said, if people care about, care a lot about their town, it comes across sometimes as negative and right. picky, you know. But there is, there is, you know, some sort of something in there that says, I care about this, I want it to be better, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah no, so I mean, I think it's great that there's so many people running for city council. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's, I think that's really yeah. fast. It really shows happy. people are interested yeah. and want to, be, want to make a commitment to the community.